Not Quite Cool is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general nonsense. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, the voice even sounds different now. That's crazy. Uh, so well, yeah, we were just talking about that. So good. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Start the show. Master right. of ceremonies. Yep, so let's do it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Not Quite Cool. My name is Keith Brooks. I'm here as always with Chad Dowdy, who looks to be drinking eggnog. Is that what you're sipping on? No, you know, we don't usually record on Friday nights. This is a little Mexican mudslide. Oh, damn. Ooh, what's in that? What's in that? You know, a little Kalula, you know, you know, just a little coffee liqueur coming at you. <laughs> oh, we're going to be a little loose this episode. That's great. I'm eating. Oh, a- I'm, I'm loosed up. I've, I've had my gummies. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating an ice cream birthday cake. Uh, so I'm going to get loose in my own personal way. And then here we're going to have with us as always uh, the lesion of the season. That's right. Mr. Robert Prago. How you doing, Rob? I just ate so much food. I've taken my belt off because my pants are too tight. Gross. Uh, uh, The way he took that off was (laughs) disgusting. Absolutely. (laughs) Fucking Jeffrey Tubin over here. Now on the the main stage, Rob. I don't know what it was. It was like. Now I can't even eat my ice cream cake, man. This is terrible. It was like he's about to spank his child, but not quite. But I'm trying to be sexy about it. He's about to spank his child if he named his own ass his child. And he just started (laughs) spanking it. This we just <laughs> went way grosser than I anticipated. Watch the ratings go through the roof. More views or listens. What are we? He yeah, start the listening. podcast at the four minute mark. Which is, <laughs> the first three thirty is like crash. It's just going to be a picture of a train wreck. Is what's going to be on the YouTube channel? Um, but, uh, but speaking of podcast and not whatever Rob is talking about. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here t- uh, this week, guys. Two things. Two we got things. a lot of movies that we've seen because it's been like two months. Uh, we're going to be ranking the MCU Disney Plus TV shows. We're going to be talking about our 31 for 31. And in addition to that, we have to mourn the loss of an icon of the geek world. Uh, but let's dive in first and foremost with the biggest movie out right now. Uh, and I can't think of three more qualified people to talk about the film. <laughs> Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This is the 30th MCU film directed by Ryan Coogler, starring everybody that you loved from the original Black Panther film. In addition to that, we get Tanaka Huerta. uh, We get Julia Louis-Dreyfus. We get um, Ironheart, our first introduction to that. Chad, what did you think about this second installment in the Black Panther franchise? So, you know, the opening scene, I have like tears welling up in my face. And then when the Marvel logo pops up and it's just all Chadwick Boseman, like no sound, then they really started flowing the tears. I thought that they handled it, his real life death about as well as they possibly could with what they, with what they did. It wasn't like he died in battle. No one was trying to avenge him as far as that goes with a specific person. So I, I think it was well done with that aspect of it. That being said, all the other stuff, excellent too. Angela Bassett, bravo, bravo. She was awesome in this. 
I, I've said before on the podcast that I'm, I'm a big fan of Namor in, in the comics. He's one of my favorite villains. And I, I think he was great in this. Uh, I yeah. think it was very handled very well. I like the idea that they've changed his origin because it's less like Aquaman's yeah. and it's Marvel's own thing. And it even gives him more of the type of villain that you root for. And they, they did really well with that. Like the Black Panther movies, Killmonger, you get where he's coming from. 100% you get where he's coming from. Namor, you get where he's coming from. Yeah. And I think that is the well done aspect of the Black Panther series is the specifically the villains. They are exceptionally well done. Now, I do think that uh, when Sue Storm uh, arrives in the MCU, she's not going to be able to t- turn him down. Like Mr. Fantastic, who? Forget about him. It, it's not going to work. He, he was awesome. Yeah. And then the, uh, I love the, I, you know, in Black Panther, in the world, when they go into the astral plane or whatever it's called for them, you know, if T'Challa is dead, why wouldn't you see T'Challa? You know, storyline-wise, they handled that perfectly. With it being Killmonger, that's who it needed to be. And that, I, I loved it. So a big thumbs up for this overall. We'll get into it more, but overall... Namor, excellent. Angela Bassett, excellent. Got a new Black Panther. Excellent part two to me. Yeah. Now, Rob, what dumb shit do you have to say about this epically wonderful <laughs> film? A deer, a deer, a deer, and a deer. That's their deer. Um, it was, it was, uh, boy, it really was, you know, it was a very good movie. You know, it was, you're right, it was so emotional at first. Chadwick Boseman was so private about his suffering and what he was going through that this almost seemed like the only funeral the world could cathartically grieve for him over. They literally they had a funeral, not for, for T'Challa, for Chadwick Boseman. That's what was so, oh, and it did I, I, all by design. I mean, Ryan Coogler's just a phenomenal. He's one of the greats working today. It cast a pall over the whole thing as it should um, by design. And it was, not maudlin, but just, it was, again, the word depressing is wrong. It was melancholy. There was a melancholy the whole time. Um, it, it was a very, very good movie. Um, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's in the top 10, I think, of Marvel movies for me, or, or right there. Um, but I, I think there's, this is going to sound ridiculous. There's something missing. And of course, of course there is. But what I mean by that is, they didn't fill the gap. You really feel a hole in this story. You feel the way, even if they recast T'Challa, I still think you would feel an absolute gaping hole because Chadwick Boseman was, I mean, not that nobody didn't realize what a force he was as an actor and how great he was at this role. But even if they did make the mistake of recasting this, I still think it'd be like, this is... There's something really wrong here. There's something missing. Um, I, I think they were smart not to fill the suit till the end. Um, it was it was great. Angela Bassett should get it. From what I've seen so far this year, should get an Academy Award nomination. Yeah, for supporting actress. I, I just every scene was just life or death. Don't fuck with me. I, I mean, it's you just you literally just the type of person you walk by. You you're like just don't even look at me. I, I just you can't even deal with. She was great. Great casting of of Namor. Um, 
you know, again, I, I didn't read a lot of the Namor comics growing up, but because he's part of the MCU, he's part of or part of the Marvel comics. There's some ownership there as a fan, but the the change in the in the origin story didn't bother me at all. Matter of fact, I liked it even better because it did. I don't I don't want there to be two similarities with us in DC. Let them have their thing. And it didn't bother me in the least. It's the exact same thing, but now you get to spread it out a little bit into a, uh, a, a to other ethnicities ethnicities around the world. It's it was great. I think it was handled perfectly. He's a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm so fucking glad they didn't kill him like they tend to do with a lot of their with their villains. And like and like Chad was saying before, you know, uh uh, what makes a what makes a hero is an equally uh, you, you know force of a villain, and I think Michael Keaton did that well as Vulture because you understood where he was coming from immediately. You're like he got he got boned by Tony Stark immediately, um, and let's not forget Thanos was right. I mean, for the love, and you know, and so, um, it was billion great. right now, eight billion on Earth just happened. It, it should be chop it down to four. Life is good. That's all I'm saying. I'm fan. You heard it here right, right, second right. after Thanos. That's Rob right, Brody. right, right there. Thanos is <laughs> brother. Um, I'm not um, supposed to say that, Rob. That's right. Uh, Thanos is I'll beat brother. that out, and people will have no idea, but they'll just know he's not supposed to say it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we'll get back more, Keith. You jump in, then we'll we'll we'll, we'll get more detail. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. I I watched the movie one and a half times. Um, I, I had an incident the first time I tried to watch it. The buddy I was with watching the film had a panic attack during the movie. And so I had to go back and watch it a second time uh, without, you know, having any medical emergencies. And I kind of get why he had a panic attack, because this is such a heavy, dark, different film than the first one, like where I feel the first Black Panther was so vibrant and so colorful and these epic wide shots. This one was close. This one was claustrophobic. This one was about let's get into the mindset of grief itself. You know what I mean? In a way that I thought was just cathartic, but also burdensome in the best of ways. I, I experienced emotions watching this. And Namor, I love, love the little acrobatics they did to get his name to make sense in Spanish. Such a fucking great little move. Um, the culture that they developed for them. I love that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And his, even though his story is drastically different than it is in the comics, it feels like he is the most accurate comic depiction we've ever had because his personality rang with all of the ego that Namor has in the comics. Like, and, and it was just fantastic to watch. And, you know, I don't agree with Letitia Wright as a person. Um, she holds a lot of views that I'm vehemently opposed to. Um, but she was remarkable in this movie. And the fact that the movie took us right at the beginning and threw us into the deep end, no pun intended, but then only to have that opening Marvel credit, like... Oh, it's silent? So Silent with just Chadwick Boseman. But it's God. not silent. That's the thing. It's not silent. There's a breeze underneath it. I'm and always wrong. <laughs> no, but, but you don't get that until the end when you see it the second time, right? Okay, gotcha. When you see the memory that she has and the breeze is playing underneath it, then you realize, 
wait, there was a fucking breeze under the Marvel credits. Why is there a breeze? Because that's what Angela Bassett said. That's where she found him was in the breeze. And like that to come together as this beautiful homage and like, yeah, I, I wept like a baby. And then that post credit scene. Oh my God. Like again, what a joyous way to keep that legacy alive without compromising with a recast or something like that. You know, I, I just, I like this better than the first one. I, 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 it misses the charisma of Chadwick Boseman, but it, it's just such a moving study of grief that I fucking love it. I, it's also one of the only Marvel movies or superhero movies I can think of. We, by the time we get to the climactic battle, we don't want them to fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, Hoping the fight stops, not hoping our hero wins, which is a cool, interesting place to be. Yeah. You did. You did not want them to fight at all on the, on the ship at the end. You're like, God, just this is. Yeah, it was. I didn't want to see it. You know, we, we just we can't wait for the final climactic battle. They were like, you know, what? let's just go. Let's just go get some pizza. Yeah. Let's just but talk. You almost wanted them to get together in that one scene yeah. in the cave. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, th- these two kingdoms would get together. And then, you know, that they're going to. I have to duke it out before it's over, but you know you're talking about you know, the the thing on grief. Uh, Shuri, her journey in this movie was incredible. Like, yeah, there's no doubt from start to the very very end, it, it was incredible. I didn't. It was good enough to where I didn't know how the final battle would even play out. Yeah, you know, I be it was it was done that well that yeah, you don't want Namor to die obviously and in the back of your mind you're like they can't kill off namor he's, he's a big time per player in the mcu he can be a good guy bad guy he can do a lot of stuff yeah but still that battle was brutal between the two of them yeah so well done you know i dug it and you know like you were saying with the post credit scene i i didn't you know you can call me no i didn't see that coming me either i, I did all. not realize that she had a kid and I was watching with my wife and, you know, she doesn't usually call things, but she was like, I knew that she had a kid. That's why she was not with them. She was wow. away and all that. She knew it was coming. And I was like, I must be dumb then. Cause I did not see yeah. that coming. It was, it was shocking to me. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. I like how it, 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 there were just little things that jumped out. Like, um, first of all, the movie was, this is going to sound weird. It was almost reflect refreshingly serious and dour. After the last, after the, after the, I'd say excessive silliness of the last couple, um, that this was just, wow. I mean, the, the, the pendulum swang, swang way um, to the other side. Um, I loved, because Namor has been around for, I mean, 5,000 years? I mean, how, how long did they say he's been around? 500. I thought it was 5,000 years. Was it only 500? Yeah. Um, the, his, his rules of war, his rules of engagement, where it was after that, he goes, Grieve, bury your dead. We will do this again in a but it's week. Also, I, you're the queen now. Like, what a fucking statement. Like, yeah, yeah. It's wow. It was powerful, powerful, powerful. Um, uh, did, 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 I do, and even though it was refreshingly down, there were still some fun moments. I I love the fish out of water moments when Shuri and Denai Guerrera go to the school to meet up with Riri Williams, the whole and those 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 are fun, those are nice. I think they were trying. They, they, it could have been a lot funnier. Some of the scenes away from uh, um, um, Wakanda, but I think they were afraid to make it too funny. 
Because generally speaking, um, generally speaking, Ross and uh, Valentina, her lines are much sharper, much crisper. Much, they bite harder. They're funnier. And the two of them, as great as they are as actors, they boy, those lines, I kept thinking, man, they really underwrote these things big time to not try to to not try to make it too funny. Because both those, Martin Freeman and her are just, I mean, I think legendary well, comic actors. I feel that it's more... I feel this is trying to be Captain America, the winter soldier where it's setting. It's more akin, especially when we get to the Everett Ross and the Julie Louis Dreyfus thing, it's setting political movements into action. Like I see a lot of people online talking about how they don't like the inclusion of Riri Williams, or they don't like the inclusion of uh, the countess. And like, to me, those are crucial things because a with Riri, she is what Namor and Shuri are fighting over. Like, how do we react to the outside world? That's the driving force of the actual plot line. You know what I mean? And Namor is a reflection of if T'Challa had stayed the way his father wanted him to go, you know, and, and Shuri is the outreach. So to me, Riri is our briefcase from Pulp Fiction, but I feel that Everett Ross and, uh, Fontaine represents like the repercussions because by the end of this movie, Wakanda has no allies and that's huge going forward. We now have established everything they were afraid of. What happens when the rest of the world gets vibranium? We're about to find out because the United States are coming after it, you know, and that sort of sets us up for what I think is going to be America going to war with Wakanda. Um, and, and so to me, that like that all plays, there's that tongue in cheek aspect of them being exes, but it plays more like a political chess game. You know what I mean? That's going to create some really nice tensions with Bucky and that. What, what's that group called again? The, the movie, the Thunderbolts. Uh, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. When they when they're when they're tasked by Valentina and Ross to go in there, mm -hmm. that's going to be fucking great. Well, not yeah. by. Oh, by Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, it's true. Thunderbolt, or not, not what's his name, not yeah, not Everett, but mm -hmm. Valentina may have control over that too. It's, it's a, but yeah, you got to think it's gonna be, it's got to be Harrison Ford. They're not paying him all that money. He's gonna be in control, Absolutely. and he will go, and he will go Red Hulk. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I think they've said that. Yeah, it yeah. might be a rumor that he's going Red Hulk. Yeah, the yeah. rumor is so. he's the president, and but at the same time, like Everett Ross is now a fugitive. Awesome. You know, and so it's interesting to see how does that play into Secret Invasion. Yeah. Uh, he has no power to help Wakanda, all that stuff. Yeah, it was it was really good. I, you know, and for the people, and again, I've heard a lot of people bitch and moan about the inclusion of Riri Williams. Uh, these people who bitch and moan about that, have they not been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe since <laughs> the get-go where they, they use movies to introduce other characters so they can move forward? This is... This is not a it's like oh my, this is not a revelatory thing. That's how T'Challa was introduced in Civil War for his own. I mean, it's she was so that actress was great. I've never I'm not familiar yeah, with her work. I, uh, to the point where I'm like, and again, she was so different personality wise than everybody else. I can't wait for her series. I'm like, she's Absolutely. fucking great. I cannot wait. Now you were talking about um, um, uh, Letitia Wright, who was excellent and really, you know, carried the mother load of this movie. That being said. This is how good everybody else, this is how good the casting is. Lupita, uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Denai Guerrera have infinitely more gravitas and weight. And I take those two actresses more seriously in their character 
that I took Letitia Wright, and Letitia Wright was awesome. Lapita Nyong'o could just look at you, and I'm like, I give. Yeah. You know, Denai Guerrera is I give. Where Letitia Wright is okay. She's she's fun. It's refreshing, and maybe that stuff she can do is just it's. But those, the other two of those, fuck man, they are they are badasses, and the 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 future of Denai Guerrera is limitless. She should have her own series. I love the fact that she got that she got canned from her job just to see what she how she was under those circumstances. Um, it, it was absolutely great. And um, the movie needed more. Um, uh, I just forgot his name. Uh, Winston Duke. Winston Duke. Oh, yeah. That dude is he is so good. I mean, just he's always got a there's always just a little bit of a devilish smile on his face when he shows up and then he goes, I've come to compete for the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> knowing full well that he is, he's sure he's mentor who will be there. He'll take care of it. But that being said, now you realize in the next movie, there's got to be, they're going to have to butt heads over what's best for Wakanda. And if he's ruling, you know, I think he's going to butt heads with the uh, Black Panther a little bit. That's awesome. Uh, just having, having Namor, I think what's going to be fun is having everybody mispronounce his name in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah. Yeah. And, um, he is really he is a, he's going to be a great weapon for this universe to use. I'm playing playing both sides of the coin, Absolutely. doing strictly what's best for his. I mean, when his when uh, I can't I can't remember was that his wife or his cousin cousin who when his cousin was berating him at the end for being weak, he's like, you don't know what I'm, you have no idea. We're the only people they can trust now. We're their allies. They come to us. We have totally control over this. And it's just oh, he just just played yeah he's playing four-dimensional chess it was beautiful he just i mean he took an ass kicking don't get me wrong yeah uh yeah he got his ass kicked uh, you know six ways from sunday but i cannot wait to see him dealing with everybody else that's going to be very nice well, you know on to that i thought i saw this or heard it they were talking about it i thought it leaked and then i just thought maybe i'm a crazy person i thought at one point it leaked that there was a stinger with dr doom did you hear about this, Keith? Mm -hmm. That was always the rumor, but I never heard it confirmed or anything. Oh, okay. Because that's what I was thinking that, like, the post, the end credit sequence would be. Yeah. It would be, you know, Namor Way and Doom showing up. Yeah. Because, you know, that's kind of like one of the earliest supervillain team ups in the Marvel Universe was yeah. Doom and Namor. So that's what I thought it was going to be. Uh, but, but of course, you know, it didn't happen. But when you're talking about how badass they were, it was an awesome shot kind of at the beginning of the film when Angela Bassett's talking to the UN, but it's, you know, juxtaposed by these mercenaries or whatever, breaking in, trying to steal the vibranium. They get into the thing. When they open that door, the oh. music and the door melange oh. <laughs> walking forward, I'm like, these dudes are about to get their ass kicked. It was awesome. What a great moment. Just one of my favorite awesome moments of the movie. It's just like, oh, and so music, good. The music throughout this film, I think, is just the scoring. I, I, I don't necessarily care as much for the needle drops, but the, the scoring, yeah. I absolutely love. The little siren song that the uh, Tlalocan sing is absolutely awesome. Oh, the, yeah. the, that high-pitched noise that happens when the Dora Milaje come out, that's fantastic. And I love that like some elements of this, it felt like Kugler was shooting a scary movie, like a horror film. You know what I mean? Like when we first see Namor, we don't see him full light. We see him in the dark, having thrown a helicopter out of the fucking sky. Like, it's just badass. It's just incredible. And even something as 
ridiculous as the wings that scene where he's going through wakanda and just wrecking house and the close-up as his feet stop right in front of camera and he switches directions that was incredible that was incredible to watch and you mix that with all these amazing performances like lupita nyong'o like denies they they you know they, they even have back to that element again of like that espionage sort of feel where we're you know lupita speaking six different languages in the movie you know what i mean and we're bouncing back and forth from continents it feels like a cooler version of james bond and i i fucking loved it it was awesome who was the who was the character who was the badass uh um um namor's he was like the enforcer who was always Atuma. Atuma. that fucking guy wow he, he's traditionally all- straight up bad guy he's not but- usually you know, I mean, I know he's a bad guy in this, but you know, where Namor can be good, or yeah. Tuma is most of the time a bad guy. He might have been the biggest badass in the fucking movie. He was yeah. just so just I, unstoppable. I think I hope they build that up because he he will eventually turn on Namor and like try to seize the throne from him in the comics and stuff like that. But our buddy Chris Burns was in charge of his costume on set. Uh, Atuma's oh, that's awesome! Everything. So that's, that's great. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And that guy was great. And it just, you talk about an actor who just, just walked as if he had no fear. And it was just supreme confidence and never lost a fight. And to see that juxtaposed against Denai Guerrero, who we've seen just, like you said, lay waste to people. And you see her getting her ass kicked. It's like, yeah. damn, that's, that's impressive. That was impressive. Absolutely. Well, speaking of impressive things, uh, Black Panther wasn't the only film to change the hierarchy of superhero films. Uh, Another film came out recently, um, Black Adam, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Chad and I saw this. I don't think Rob did. Um, So I did not see that. No, I did not see that. I'll be right back. Chad, what did you think about Black Adam? I like how Rob said, I'll be right back. Like, we need to know that. Yeah, exactly. We, we can see him getting up. He's not going to talk about Black Adam. It's it's fine. Or any we of the next it. 19 films we saw. <laughs> exactly. This, this is a funny thing. You know, a little peek behind the curtain with the, the listeners. We texted. I texted all the stuff I saw. It was maybe like 10 things. Keith texted like 10 things. And Rob's reply was, I've heard of three of those things. Yeah, exactly. That was his reply. Not that I haven't seen any. He's like, I've maybe heard of three of those things. And so. then he, he told me, let's just talk about Black Panther in our rankings. And I'm like, no, fuck you. This is on principle <laughs> alone. We're going through all of this. So Black Adam came out. That's a major. It's a major film. Yes. For our genre. Yeah. The Rock in the DCEU movie. Yeah. Plus Warner Brothers released two movies the latter half of the year. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of them that's not doing so great. But go ahead. And and to that point, it was fine. It, you know, to me, there were some good moments. That, the Rock is hard not to like. So I, I love The Rock. I'm a big fan of The Rock. You know, the movie had some T2 vibes as far as the kid trying to teach The Rock about stuff, you know, a good little call. bit like that. Um, but Really, at times, it reminded me of a CW show. Yeah. Not not in a good way. Yeah. Because I like the CW shows. Arrow, I love Arrow. Flash, I like all that. But not for this, you know. So it reminded me of that. And, you know, this this is my disappointment with the movie. All encompassed in one shot. Finally, at the end of the film, 
when he takes the throne. I literally was like, yes, that's the shot. I love it. And then he just, you know, flies up and breaks it. And he's like, he this says, doesn't feel right. Feel right. Well, that's the first yeah. thing you've done. That is Teth Adam. Like, yes, exactly. Uh, I was like, that's the shot. Thank you. He looks awesome right there in that moment. And then it doesn't feel right. I'm like, yeah, this, that's kind of what the movie is to me. It doesn't quite feel right. Absolutely. You know, I, yeah. You know, you go ahead. Like JSA's in it. You know, that's it could have been a JSA movie, you know, as far as yeah. that goes. But, you know. You go ahead. I think there's some good components to it. I think Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate is, is fantastic. I thought he was great. Uh, I didn't really get enough of Adam Smasher or Cyclone. Um, Hawkman, you had an amazing... Because Hawkman is such an interesting character, and they just ignore everything that makes him interesting in this film. There's a moment where Pierce Brosnan says something about, you may die, and Hawkman replies, I'm not afraid of death. Okay cheesy dumb action line with one one rewrite just to say it wouldn't be the first time oh yeah perfect you change it you give us an insight into who his character is all of that you have a more interesting compelling person to play with now you know what i mean um and i feel the whole movie is that i feel the whole movie is trying is doing the opposite of what Namor is doing in Black Panther, where Namor, like, got it. He got how to be the anti-hero. He got how to be villainous. This is just trying to make Black Adam a hero without letting him have any of the darkness that he's supposed to carry with him. You know what I mean? And and even the stinger with Superman, I didn't feel it was written like like Superman. I felt it was stupid. Like, um, I mean, yeah, it's great to see him back, but the whole thing felt like it was a movie I could have seen in the late nineties. Like it was a throwback to a different era. You know what I mean? It definitely felt that way too. You're right. But, but speaking of throwback movies from a different era, let's talk about another anthology film that we saw VHS 99. Uh, this is the 945th installment of the series. Uh, the 99th. Released, yeah. <laughs> released on shutter. <laughs> Chad, what did you think about VHS 99? As far as the VHS, this is one of the weaker entries to me, uh, you know, we talk about it anthologies there's positives negatives to some of them this this was one of the weaker vhs you know for one there's no wraparound i kind of like the wraparound in, in vhs uh but there's not one in this so that was kind of well disappointing. There, there arguably is one it just wraps around at weird points you know what i mean like the little the the stop motion thing they're yes. making but whatever go ahead yeah uh so you know there's five there's five shorts or whatever the um the punk rock one didn't enjoy no, oh, I nothing like about one. nothing I didn't, I didn't enjoy that one the sorority one was i like the idea yeah. better than what happened i thought it was a cool idea uh it to me didn't really succeed the aussie's arcade or aussie's dungeon or whatever it was i love the first part when it was the double dare show and people kids were getting hurt I was very intrigued. I was digging that so much. And then it just became like a snuff film. Like, yeah. you know, after that, what, whatever. I did like the Medusa one. Uh, it was a nice twist. Um, and then the last one was the best one. But Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was by the same team I talked about last week, uh, last podcast, uh, that did Deadstream. Same exact okay, awesome. directors. Um lead actor was the same the the female actor is also the same in deadstream but that one even though it was good it did it felt the least like vhs to me 
yeah. because of where they went and what they did. It didn't feel like it should be part of the VHS anthology to me. Although I liked it on its own, I didn't like it as a whole with everything else. To me, that one was so creative that it stood out and made the others seem less creative because of how like new it was. And and I agree completely. That was my favorite one was that last one. Um, but yeah, like I, I think the VHS movies, anytime you have an anthology, you're going to have hits and misses. And really it's hard to tell you have to cross that bridge when you come to it. Speaking of which, uh, Chad watched another scary movie uh, on Netflix starring Marlon Wayans, I believe called curse of bridge hollow. Is that right? Uh, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about Curse of Bridge Hollow? Well, you said scary, and it's more, you know, kitty scary. Okay. It's kind of like Netflix. This is on Netflix, and it's kind of like this year's Hoobie Halloween. Gotcha. Adam Sandler awesome. Halloween movie from last year. You know, it's it's comedy. The The terror isn't real terror. The gist of it is, is Marlon Wayans moves uh, to the new town, uh, you know, Bridge Hollow, with his wife and daughter. The daughter is... Um, uh, Pariah Ferguson, I believe that's her name. She's Erica in Stranger Things. Oh, awesome. So, so, and basically through a curse or something like that, the Halloween decorations come to life. So they have to, you know, stop the curse. So it's, it's fun. You know, it, it's gateway horror for kids. It's something that, you know, that like an eight-year-old would love. It, I mean, I liked it too, don't get me wrong, but it's definitely, you know, kitty horror. Uh, but I, I would mind if Netflix every year just have like a kitty halloween centric movie every year i'm for it for sure absolutely i think netflix does some great um content especially i feel they do really well at that kid a teenage uh genre that they're aiming for it's a mystery how they do it but one of the ways they solve that mystery is the next film that i saw also on netflix starring millie bobby brown and henry cavill that's right superman himself getting rid of the cape putting on a, a deer stalker hat is that what it's called he doesn't really wear it so fuck it enola holmes 2 on netflix uh i just watched that and it's absolutely fantastic i love the first one the second one i think goes above and beyond and it adds to the sherlock holmes mythos in some really creative ways um it's you get pretty early on that they're doing moriarty but who moriarty turns out to be is absolutely phenomenal um, and Millie Bobby Brown is just great in this character. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think she's done a lot of other characters. So I can't think of any. Um, I'm sure there's some stranger stuff that she's done, but uh, but yeah, she's phenomenal in this one. And uh, so if you're, I love the first right one. There. I love the first one. I mean, I love yeah. the first one. I just haven't cut, cut the second one yet. Yeah, the I second one, is, one too. Yeah, I dug it. Yeah, I, I love the second one. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. And Cavill's great in it. He gets to play drunk in a scene, and that's fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, check out um, that Enola Holmes 2 on Netflix. Now, let's talk. Have there been, have there, real quick, have there been any store, uh, rumors of him doing a Sherlock Holmes spinoff at all? I mean, they're going to, I mean, it, make, it almost makes sense to him to do a, yeah, a Downey's been, it's been a while for Downey, but they, Netflix should do a, I don't know what his relationship with Netflix is, though. Like, he just blew off The Witcher. Um, yeah, so rumor about that is that it was the, he had issues with the writers, but it sort of sets up for a Sherlock Holmes spinoff at the end of this one. So, gotcha. uh, no well, Sam yeah. Claffin in this, though. No, no. Um, but yeah, but very enjoyable film. Now let's talk about something on Disney Plus. Finally, we got an 
um, what I think we all can agree is an amazing Star Wars television series, and that is Tales of the Jedi. Uh, Chad and I both watched this entire series. Chad, what did you think about Tales of the Jedi? This was excellent. I mean, yeah. it was excellent. The only thing that I wanted, and there could be more of this, that I want more. It's called Tales of the Jedi, and I would like to see Tales of the Jedi get something in the you know old republic, like high republic era, all the way Ray or Finn right now. They don't have to be stories that makes a lot of canonical canonical sense. You know, just you know whatever. Just they're doing a run or something. Anything, you know, give me a lot bigger time frame than what we got. Let's see Luke in between, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi doing something. Yeah. Or after Return of the Jedi, you know, just, yeah, that would be cool. Have him teaching the younglings, Luke, you know, give me some tales of the Jedi. Because I felt like what this was is just the Clone Wars, extension of the yeah. Clone Wars. It's you know, so good. Which is fine. I love the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool seeing young Dooku, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, the Sith Lord episode was my favorite, the one where uh, Yaddy. Oh. Or yeah, I, don't, I can't remember her name. Yeah, was fighting Duke. That was excellent. Dude. But the final episode with Ahsoka, that Inquisitor looked awesome. Yeah. That's the like, best looking Inquisitor. It looked kind of like Darth Revan. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. And that's my my singular complaint as well, is I would like to see some Jedi that we haven't seen in films. Give me something random. But Yaddle. Oh, my God. So a lot of revelations. One, it's crazy to realize that Yoda just has mental problems. Then the rest of his species doesn't talk like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Did you know that, Rob? I did not know. So he's the only one who talks like that. He's the yes. only one, yeah. Do they do they comment like, on it? Do they comment like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? No, she's just like, hey, guys, you probably uh, shouldn't go to the dark side, you know? Like that's-, <laughs> that's exactly what. So it's Bryce Dallas Howard doing this old lady voice. But her syntax is totally fine. So I think Yoda got hit in the head at some point or something. Something's fucked up with Yoda. Or Yoda's just an alcoholic. Um, but there's a scene where That's Dooku awesome. and Palpatine are killing her. And they drop this big metal hanger door on her and crush her. And then she picks it back up and, like, falls out to go fight them. And then they, they behead her. And it's, like, it's so intense. And, and it's awesome. So many episodes just give you these weird insights into we've never seen Ahsoka Tano's culture before, but the very first episode we learned about it's a matriarchal society, all this stuff. We see young Qui-Gon Jinn voiced by Liam Neeson. We see the funeral of Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, which I've never seen a Jedi funeral before. And so like all of that, it was just at least never with like the lights going up in the yeah, sky. So I was about to say, you're acting like Rob or something. Well, was know, it a, was like, it better than a Ravager? I died. Was it better than a Ravager funeral? Or what's better? Yeah, because the Ravager funeral is just like fireworks in a white neighborhood. This was like <laughs> beautiful. Like it's technology I don't understand. Ravager is just a redneck funeral. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Plus, there's like no sound in space, so you can't even hear the fireworks. Yeah, it's just which is good for dogs, I guess. But I don't know. Um. That you guys got real serious on me. You guys gonna say you guys get real serious on me there with the beheading. I was gonna I was gonna try to make a joke about you know, I don't think Star Wars has really taken it far enough. I really think they should really lean into maybe something triple X like Tattletales of the Jedi and, and have strippers. And oh. I was gonna say that, but then you were like, they beheaded her. And I was like, well, you know, kind of yeah, kind of 
put a put a, a pall over the whole thing here. Rob, real so, quick, do you want to go over your complicated relationship with Star Wars again? Because I feel like we touch on that every episode. You know, every week, Chad, it gets more and more complicated. I think I love it. I hate it. It's we're together, then we're then we're not talking. And yeah. it's just it's awful, man. It's about to get complicated on. with me once we get to the Andor section of the show. I'm gonna tell you that much. Yeah. Well, we're gonna put that <laughs> we're gonna put that off for a little bit longer just so that we uh keep Rob here Rob for has a while. To stay. Yep. Uh, Hatfields but, and McCoys when it comes to Andor. God which, yeah, it's true. It's a very devilish relationship. But talking about devilish relationship and what possesses us to talk about films, Chad watched My Best Friend's Exorcism, which I believe is on Amazon. Um, Chad, what did you think about My Best Friend's Exorcism? Yeah, this was on Amazon Prime. Uh, this was a fun one as a part of my Halloween watch. Um, you know, it's typical where a girl gets possessed by a demon. But what I liked about this is Unlike, you know, the exorcist where she's like, you know, rah, rah, talking like a demon or whatever. She just starts fucking with her friends. So she's like stealing her friend's boyfriend. She's putting like peanuts in this girl's sandwich that has a peanut allergy. Like that is, it's like a, almost a mischief demon, not even That's like awesome. a hardcore demon. So it was like fun in that regard. And the ex, the priest exorcist in this one is one of the guys that comes to the school that might have happened in your school or whatever, where they're these bodybuilders and they're like, we're going to lift you up to Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, that's going to help us lift this 500 pound dumbbell. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> like that, that's the exorcist. And then when like shit gets real, when he starts doing it, he's like, I'm out of here. You're on your own. <laughs> you know? So it's just, it was just like a fun, you know, fun exorcist movie which I wasn't expecting that. Cause you know, a lot of extras movie, they, they can get dark. They can be scary, jump scares. It was just fun. I mean, I don't know what else to say. A fun demon possession movie. That's awesome. I, I watched a demon possession film. Uh, I watched pray for the devil, uh, which is a new exorcist exorcism film about a female exorcist. And, uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I like Catholic horror. That's my favorite genre of horror to begin with. So this obviously plays into all of those things. It plays into all of those tropes. A little bit of it seems sort of self-serving, but it is a good, fun watch about demons. So if you want a nice spooky movie, that's a great one. I also watched another film about demons. Uh, this one is Stop Motion, though. Um, directed by Henry Harry Salick or whatever his name is, the guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas and written and produced by Jordan Peele. Um, and it's called Wendell and Wild. Um, and it's about a girl who is called the Hell Maiden because she can trans uh, fix herself through our world and the demon world. She has a connection to that. And she summons two demons to bring back her dead parents. But it's all stop motion. It's got some musical numbers in it. It's got a great cast. Angela Bassett's in it as well. Uh, Key and Peele play the two demons. Um, and it's super fun. Nice little uh, stop motion animation film that you should check out on Netflix. Um, then I saw... I'm sorry. We're going to do like three that I saw. Uh, oh. I saw another scary movie on Netflix called Mandrake. And this is an Irish horror film about the legend of the mandrake, which is a um, a plant that can birth humans or the blood of it can cure illnesses. And so the story is about a Irish parole officer who her new client is a woman that everybody in town thinks is a witch. Is she really or is she not? And sort of this dark 
Irish, Irish fucking movie. Like to the extent that they're speaking English the entire times, but sometimes the subtitles would just have a question mark because uh, they didn't know what they were saying. So, but a very, very good film. Like I, I highly recommend this if you like movies that deal with the occult and have that dirty, earthy feel. This was a great watch. Um, I also watched the new Sam Rockwell film, See How They Run, uh, that also has Adrian Brody in it and uh, Cersei Ronan. Um, and it's it's super fun. It's on HBO Max. It's a whodunit set around an Agatha Christie play, and we see a cameo from uh, Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter plays Agatha Christie in it. So um, it's a fun little delightful, lighthearted romp. Um, I also watched the eight-episode series Cabinet of Curiosities uh, by Guillermo del Toro. Um, so eight different episodes, all with different directors, most of them dealing with Lovecraftian horror. I think, again, like any <laughs> anthology, any anthology, it's like hit or miss. Um, there was one episode I really hated, but there were like six I really loved. And it's got some great cast members. Crispin Glover is in an episode, and it's phenomenal. It's my favorite Crispin Glover performance. Um, Andrew Lincoln's in an episode. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Like, the casts are just phenomenal. So if you like that spooky Lovecraftian thing, this is Guillermo getting to do all of that. Uh, we have giant right, rats, squid monsters, all sorts of crazy shit. You and, liked his performance, Chris McGovern's performance better in that than his dance in Friday the 13th. Which four. is an amazing dance, but he's in Pickman's model, which is about an art student who summons demons to paint them, right? In the, in like, in Boston in like, 1906 or something like that and the bostonian accent that crispin glover chooses to do is so fucking ridiculous i can't stop just watching him because it's and it's him versus ben barnes who's an incredible actor in his own right so to see those go toe to toe oh my god it's so much fun uh so yeah i highly recommend that again on netflix uh but now let's talk about an amazing another piece of star wars material available on Disney Plus, and that is Zen, oh, the Grogu short, uh, done by you. Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Chad, what did you think about uh, Zen? This was worthless. It was a waste <laughs> of time. And it was three minutes long. I'd like to have those three minutes back, please. It was ridiculous. It looked like a freaking computer screensaver. That's all it was. Yeah. There was, this was nothing. Uh, this, this is this adds to my complicated relationship with Star Wars, Rob. I, that's how Chad sold it to me. They told me to go watch it. I was like, no. I, you literally said, that's how he pitched it to me. I was like, no, no. Not a chance in hell am I going to go waste three minutes on that. And I did not. Yeah. But I did nice. say, Keith, Keith is going to talk about how the, the studio is doing amazing things and how awesome it is and how revolutionary this short was. So go ahead. Yeah, I will say it's revolutionary in the sense that it is a crossover. It, it is the first time, like, Studio Ghibli's bringing characters that are very beloved of theirs in the Dust Mites to meet Grogu. That's cool. The story, it, There's no story to this. It is a screensaver. Absolutely. I'm surprised they didn't ride pipes that were being built in the background. But uh, it was cute. But it was nothing. It's just three minutes. So I was a little high when I watched it. So it was fine. It was fine. Um, but yeah, it's nothing to write home about. 
I don't think. <laughs> it's worthless. Yeah. It's the I, single most worthless thing that we have watched and covered on this show. That's not true. Let's get to our next show. Oh, uh, <laughs> you are pregnant. <laughs> uh, and that is Andor uh, on Disney+. Plus. Um, so 11 episodes have been released. I've watched all 11. I think Rob has watched all 11 and touched himself to those. Chad, you've watched how many? Nine? Nine. So I haven't seen the last two. Okay, awesome. Uh, Chad, what are your impressions so far about the first nine that you've seen? Well, you know, last time Rob said, oh, it's going to be awesome. You know, the heist, to get to the heist or whatever. The heist was fine. It was good. I, I enjoyed the heist. Fine. The, it the was problem, fine. The problem was after the heist, <laughs> we were back to slowness again. I'm like, come on. Then, you know, so I'm at the point where he's been arrested. He's in prison. I really am enjoying the prison stuff. I, I am enjoying that immensely. I think it's a very clever prison. I like the setup of the prison. I like all that. I don't like every time that we cut to something else. I don't care about his girlfriend. I don't care about his mom. I don't care about Mon Mothra. I don't care about Skarsgård and Saul Guerrero. I don't care about the investigation. I don't care about anything else that's going on. The prison stuff is cool. But even the way he got put in prison, to me, is kind of dumb. Yep. In the sense it's like super convenient. Yep. And I know you're saying, like, we're just random people. Yeah, I grabbed him. Like, that's the random. I don't like that how he got into prison so um, this show is fine i feel like if this show was not a part of star wars i probably would not be watching it i can't even, i can't i can't even it, it's just can't even describe how much you dislike the show is that what you're trying to say rob <laughs> it's, just, it's almost as like unless you guys are watching a couple of shitty cosplayers dress up with 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 lighting swords uh, they, you know, it's just not canon. It's just not. It's not. It's not the real Star. It's, God, it's the best. Re- the, the, you have no leg to stand on when you preach how great, possibly the worst directed, written show in the history of fucking streaming. Obi Wan Kenobi. Which which was akin to a bad Saturday morning Sid and Marty Croft show. I feel unbelievable. I feel your reviews <laughs> of Andor are oh. all what about ism. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> oh. it's like you're like, but her emails, her emails, folks, bad emails. Does you know what I did? Like, so what do you uh. think about Andor? Oh my God. Um Stellan Scarsbard. Stellan Scarsbard. Stellan, the back. I got to stop drinking during these things. Stellan Skarsgård is my favorite character in Star Wars history. Oh my gosh, he is the linchpin to everything that begins in A New Hope. He is he is the first actor who seems to be impervious. To the curse of making good actors look like shit in Star Wars. He is phenomenal. He should get nominated for best actor in a drama in a limited series, or I don't know if it's gonna be limited or not. Um, phenomenal. His monologue in episode 10 might be oh, I can't next, wait. next to Jeff Daniels' monologue in news uh, uh not news, newsroom, newsroom. Dumb and dumber. Newsroom, yes. When he was on the toilet, 
<laughs> Might be one of my favorite monologues. <laughs> and just the way he was lifting himself off. I mean, you know how hard yeah. that is to do? It's kind of, yeah. Um, so incredible. It's possibly Andy Serkis, who, Andy Serkis is a very good actor. And I will say this, where his part goes, Chad, I, I guess you've, you've already gotten through the, the jail stuff. You, you passed it. I'm not done with the jail stuff. Uh, gotcha. They just figured out that, like, I think you can't really get out of there. People come back or something like that. Gotcha. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this being the Snoke origin story. Then maybe I might. <laughs> good one, Chad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I heard people say that because you could hear it in his voice. Yeah, I guess it's uh... Anyway, his arc through the next episode is such a phenomenal arc. It's my favorite non-CG live-action Andy Serkis part. Don't even bring up the Batman. He was terrible at Batman. Wasn't terrible. It was poorly written because Alfred was awful. Shut up, Keith. That's what I'm saying. By the way, Keith almost threw up during the last review he was talking about. I didn't want to bring that up, but now I have to because he's ragging me. Literally stopped four times to almost projectile vomit, which would have been really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and that would have been better than Obi-Wan Kenobi, by the way. Um, the 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 tension the the fact that this show is shot on location it looks real it's visceral it's practical it's not in the volume it's like make fun of the volume fucking volume I'm, do you not like the volume at all the way you know like the volume's all right you know i think yeah, i think it's, it's fine okay it was great the first season of a of a mandalorian it looked like shit in thor love and thunder it looked like shit in thor love and thunder um by the way folks andor is one of the best Star Wars products ever. I don't know if anybody at home knows this, but I've got a complicated relationship <laughs> with Star Wars. There have been like 17 projects, and I've liked five of them. And this thing, this might be my this might be better than a new hope. This might be wow. better than Return of the Jedi. This might be better than uh Keith's uh Deadpool Typical Tuesday. It might be. It is. It's it is possible. Yeah. It's possible. Andor is better than your no typical Tuesday. It's a close. It's close. It's, it's <laughs> no, I think it's a much better. You know, had Keith actually directed Deadpool a typical Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, that would have been great. So we're getting too inside baseball. I feel like here. the acting is much better in Andor for sure. But oh yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just saying this. I don't know what drugs seeped into these my two co-hosts here, but if anybody at home is listening to this. Watch Andor. You don't even have to be a Star Wars fan. You just have to be a, a fan and a person who appreciates excellent writing, excellent storytelling, casting, drama, tension, or or you can go get some milk and cookies and watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, yeah, which is working. It'll put you to sleep. You don't even have to be tired. That's oh, no. perfect. It just zonk you out. It's his new elementary. I it's think like indoor slash melatonin. Perfect. <laughs> you have no right to fucking go after elementary when you're watching Murder She Wrote like it's like it's oxygen. Like it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> also, I feel that every time every time he says Obi Wan, I'm just gonna get a little sample of like hello there. Like that's just all the show is gonna be. Um, I look. I, I think. I think Andor, it's fine. It's all right. No, I'm kidding. It's it's good. It's good. But I, I have the same complicated dilemma with it that Chad does, where some episodes just feel slow, man. Some episodes feel like we're going backwards, and then they pay off. But ultimately, I can't help but feel like the moment he goes back into jail, I'm not 
no, not my poor favorite character. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're doing this now? Like, it felt like the inertia was taken out of it. Um, I love where it goes with that storyline, but it is this, like, push and pull. But I also I recognize I'm 37 years old. I'm not 56 or something like that. God, you right? are so fucking old. Yeah, just, I, I'm eating my birthday cake Jesus. right now. But I think, like, maybe... Maybe if I was closer to Rob's age, then I would enjoy. Then you would have perspective life. over yeah. the grounded depth and reality of and of the Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yes. People, <laughs> people that lived through World War II really are digging this. Is that what we're, is that's that what we're what, on? That's what Rob's at the court. He's like, yes, this reminds me of the regiment back then. <laughs> Except hey, I lived through the, the I lived through the '60s, man, and I and I know I was I saw the hippies. You know, the tree hoggers. I know. I can he deal with that, these Andorians. Like, they're horrible people. Well, he also the, says it like he wasn't poor. <laughs> like, he was... The hippies. Um, but yeah, but I, I like it. Look, I, I think there's a lot of amazing moments. I think Stellan Skarsgård is phenomenal in it. I think the casting is perfect all the way across the board. I just sometimes find it a little lagging for me. Um, but, it's no Grogu. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's no uh, Grogu's fucking awesome. You gonna shit on Grogu? Well, the three minute thing you just talked about, but that's not you shit on Grogu as a character, not the well, I shit on thing. Grogu's three minutes short. No, he started shitting on Grogu the minute Grogu ate those eggs. He yeah. loved true, it. True, true. Yeah, he, I, I had a problem with Grogu about that. I still yeah. haven't forgiven. Meanwhile, yeah. Cassie and Andor's <laughs> killing motherfuckers left and right, and, and he's like, "No, well, like well earned, motherfuckers. You don't go get drunk in a strip club and then try to then you try to you know mug somebody and be a bully. You deserve to die. Drunken we, we titty bar bullies deserve to die." Of Rob's uh, politics is coming through <laughs> on the show tonight. <laughs> Drunken titty bar bullies deserve to die. Rob, punishment across the board. It damn. does not matter. Next, Rob's going to start telling us who's Fuck in charge him. of Hollywood, man. It's going to be fucking <laughs> terrible. Anyway, so where is Harvey Weinstein when you need him? Oh, God. movie that just came out. What that was she? She said, "Is that the Harvey Weinstein?" Yeah, it came uh, out today. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we have to see that. Okay, gotcha. That, that anyway, I, really, I, really, I, I really like Andor, and being you know a very reasonable guy, I, I see all. I see the the weight and validity of all people's opinions, except for these two nuts. And uh, yeah, go watch Andor. Yes, that's good. Two to one, you lose. Move on. I want to get more people on this show. Just to, <laughs> just clones to kind of back my ass. Uh, it's a good, it's a damn good show. Moving on, uh, talking about damn good shows. Uh, the thing that Rob wanted to do tonight is that he wanted us to rank our favorite MCU Disney Plus shows. Right? This was Chad's idea, by the way. I think I think it was Rob's idea. <laughs> It was my idea. I just, I just wanted to see Chad go, what the fuck are you talking about? Gotcha. It was. Absolutely. Well, I know. What I'm remembering is Rob, maybe five months ago, said, we're going to start doing lists on this show. Uh, Did I lie? Here we are. Episode. Well, here we uh, are. Look forward to that next episode, guys. <laughs> yes. So, Even had one planned. Oh, there God. have been nine MCU Disney Plus series. I'm going to list them off now. And then yeah, Chad, I only have eight on my list. I, I have eight on my list too. What the fuck? What's, 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 what's the nine? nine here? Yeah, I only so, have I only have eight. What the hell? So uh, the nine series have been One Division, The Falcon yep. and the Winter Soldier, yep. Loki, Yep, What If, Yep, I Am Groot. Ah oh, shit! I am Groot. Hawkeye. Oh. 
She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel. Now, the question is, do we include Disney special presentations in this list? Um, good question. So, so the special presentations are just Werewolf, Werewolf by Night. Right? Yeah, Werewolf by Night. I'd say we don't include it. It's not like a, a show. It's almost no. like a movie. Yeah. Cool. All right, so those nine shows, we are now going to hear the rankings. Since, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go around with eight, everybody say they're ninth, or do you just want one yeah, person? Let's roll that. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, so I got to think about this for a second. Now that you added, I am Groot. I'm trying to fuck. I don't even know. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, go. Chad, you go first. Number nine is, so this is technically the worst. This is what, you know, what yeah. we're talking about. We're counting up. Uh, I have Moon Knight at number nine. Cool. Yeah. You know, I I would not, much like Andor, I wouldn't have finished this if it hadn't been part of the MCU. Damn. Was it all the good acting, Chad? <laughs> that that bored you? Yeah, probably. I just he was great in that, though. Yeah, Moon Knight's not real high on my list either, but he was Isaac was great. He was Again, excellent. This was is excellent. one of those. This is one of those things where the characters are better than the show. And I want to see these characters in better products. And thank God, because it's the MCU, we, we, we should be able to get to see his Moon Knight with different writers and a different director under different circumstances. So that's great. That's great. So um, what's your number nine? I'm going to say what if. Um, and again, like, like you said, I, 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 didn't, I didn't hate any of these shows. There's nothing hating about them. It's, again, somebody's got to be at the bottom. I'd say inconsistently with what if, how many episodes, what if, were there nine? Oh, I don't know. I, I, think I think so. I, yeah, I think I think I really like four of them. A couple were okay. A couple of my bored me to death. So I, I think, again, you know, I don't, I like the live action a lot better. They were fine. It was sort of a nice filler, but it didn't really do anything for me. Um, so I got what if it, uh, and, and I guess at nine. Yeah. Yeah, uh, same for me. Number nine is What If. Now, again, I love all these shows. I love the fact that they got to do What If. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about the Zen Star Wars cartoon with Grogu from Studio Ghibli is that it sort of branches off into a different type of filmmaking. It's just pure experimental filmmaking. And I love when a franchise has the balls to do that. And this feels like the MCU's version of that. So I liked it. Um, but again, something has to be at yeah. the bottom. Uh, That's how I feel about it. I was I was going to say that there were rumors the last couple of days that they're kind of looking again at Disney's animation because what if didn't do big numbers and there was sort of a uh, there was some some rumors coming out that Chapek was thinking about pulling back budgeting on the animation, which may affect that Spider Man series and the uh, and uh, X Men ninety seven, which I've never seen, but I heard it was great. It better not be affecting X Men ninety seven. Is all I gotta say. I hear you. Damn. Uh, Chad bringing out the big guns. Now, what's your number eight, Chad? Uh, now it is Groot after uh, I've just added it because I mean, it was fine. It was cute. You know, it wasn't a whole lot to it. They were shorts. They didn't have any ramifications whatsoever. You know, but no. it was fine. Yeah. Completely fine. Rob, what about yourself? I'm right there with Chad. Number eight is Groot. Yeah, they were cute. It was fun. I got to finally get to see all of them. They were like, it was pleasant. It was it was nice. The animation was cool looking. It was I thought it, I thought it held up. Yeah. You know, as far as the tone of the movies, it was just you know, Baby Groot's not my favorite character in the MCU. It's cute. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I I enjoyed it for a couple minutes. What's next? You know. Yeah. What about you? 
Uh, number eight for me is going to be Moon Knight. Now, I, I love the character. I love a lot of what the show did. Um, but this is the show for me that more than the others, I can feel the budget fucking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the shots that are supposed to be more epic, it feels more independent film, which is not a knock. But it is something that, I, you know, I'm taking into consideration when I'm ranking these. Oscar Isaac is probably my, one of my favorite characters to be introduced in this phase. But... Uh, yeah, if I got to put it somewhere, it's number eight. Now, Chad, what about you for number seven? So now we're at the point where I really enjoy all of these. So Moonlight's fine. You know, I, it's fine. Group, I enjoy, but I really enjoy all of these. So this is not that it's tougher to rank them, but just because this is seventh doesn't mean it's, you know, bad. Yeah. it's kind of like what you were saying. Uh, for seven, I have what if. And, you know, it's largely due to the, hit and miss nature of the yeah. shows some were much better than others i did enjoy how they all came together and it was one cohesive story at the end that, that was kind of cool but yeah there there's some good ones there were some bad ones but yeah i like you said i love the concept of what if and I, it's awesome that we got to see that in a cartoon okay uh awesome uh now rob what about you for seven seven is moon night for me um you know again i thought I, oscar isaac i could have watched him just worked that character all day long. I, I thought I loved the whole the the dynamic with the mirrors and the different personalities, and they, they did he did a lot of that that practically. It was um I thought he was tremendous, I, but I think I felt about this show not not too differently than what you guys feel a little bit about Andor. It's just it felt a little bit like a slog. I, it just felt like he was kind of kind of in place at times, and it felt like he was stretched out and. And this could have been, a, I think, a shorter series, and it could have been a better series uh, like that. There were things I loved. Again, well cast. I mean, they're getting the cream of the crop, the pick of the litter uh, actors, and um, which I think you know does a lot, of, carries a lot of the weight sometimes in these shows. But um, yeah, but it was okay. I look forward to seeing again that character in either in the next series where they where, where they make some changes or him in you know crossing over to some of the other uh, movies or series. Yeah. And my daughter actually thought this was her favorite out oh. of all the MCU shows. She really loves Moon Knight. Interesting. Why do we think this? Because her opinion, I respect. Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, she's, you, you should. She's you know. something else. She's yeah. the smart one of the group. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, for me, my number seven is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, I love these characters. I felt yep. a little disappointed in the villain aspect of the story. Uh, yep. I I wanted a little bit something more. Um, yeah, and I don't like the fact U.S. agent became a hero. That's just, if I'm being honest, I like it better as a villain. Uh, Chad, what, what do you got for number six? I feel like this is going to be a hot take for you guys, uh, but I'm going with Loki as number six. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was cool. Uh, the variants were cool. I was, I'm not a fan of that Kang, you know, uh, yeah. that version of Kang. Uh, and the ending just... Yeah, we didn't know there was going to be a season two, what have you. But to me, it just didn't feel like a complete show. Like, you know, there's plenty of show seasons where they accomplish something by the end, but there's more to do. You know, Buffy, things like that. You know, you beat the big bad, you've completed that. I I just didn't get that impression at all from Loki. It just seemed like it was the sixth episode of a 12 episode first season. So because of that, it's a little bit lower for me. It's got a very Planet of the Apes ending, but uh, yeah, Rob, what about you for number six? So my next three, six, five, and four, to me all suffer from what 
um, we were just saying about sort of a weak villain, like you were just saying about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, mm-hmm. so my next one is, but my next three are where they are, I think, because of just the, the obstacle. The, the, the villain was vague and it just wasn't well-defined. Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier is next for me. That being said, I really enjoyed this show. And this is one of the shows that the further I get away from it, the more the more favorably I look back on it. I really like... I really like those characters. I really like uh, Winter Soldier. He's he's so good at that character. I love I love I loved his performance in that. I really did like the arc of um, of um, U.S. Agent in that. I thought, as much as I hated him at the beginning, I really grew to like that character and how he just. I felt like he just he kept trying to gain control of the reins and and ground him and ground him and just. I, I really I really I mean I really liked the show, but there again it's I think that show is victim of pandemic and the rewrites that it had to go through and it, it felt like there were just chunks taken out of it um i did not like at all i did not like the twist of what's her name being the power the broker. big bad power broker i thought that was boy that was shoehorned in there and crammed in there and it makes to me no sense timeline wise and and who she was that being said the character of, of nemo um not nemo nemo zemo no. Nemo, Jesus Christ. Nemo's no, a Nemo, small fish. When, when, when Nemo, when Captain Nemo from 20 Leagues Under the Sea, also a Disney product, that, came up listen, with his organ. That's old Rob. He said, Captain Nemo, you went with Pixar, Pixar's Finding Nemo. But, Cap, but Rob also said 20 Leagues Under the Sea, which is not the same as <laughs> it's not very deep. 20 Thieves. I have your problems. Hey, Nemo. I have your problems. I can't go that deep. 20 yeah. Leagues is just fine. Uh, <laughs> I did say 20 Leagues. Jesus Christ. But just just put me out put me out the pasture for the love of Christ. Um, what was I saying? Um, Baron Zemo. Zemo. Again, what a great, I, he's not an anti-hero, I guess. I mean, he's just, he's, he is a villain, but fuck that. He's so good. Yeah. That's another character. Like we were just talking about, uh, Namor or Namor. Um, he should be in everything. He is, if, if when they announced the, uh, not the suicide squad, not the replaceables, the what? Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Thank you. I think they didn't announce everybody. I think it would be silly to announce everybody. And I think uh, uh, Captain Zemo will be one of the surprise announcements along with, um, who else am I thinking of? Spectral Vision and... Um... <laughs> yes. Yes, for the Andor, love of God. Cassian Andor, he's got to be in it. Yeah. Who, 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 what were we talking about? A couple weeks ago, there was somebody else who was left Red, off. There. Red Hulk? No, 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 no. Abomination? No. Abomination, thank you. I think those two will show up because it's silly not to leave something open for oh shit surprise moments so uh uh, zemo and abomination uh but zemo zemo back to uh to me he was one of the real shining lights of falcon winter soldier oh really really good and i did like uh bucky's work in that i mean everybody's good in it i mean nobody's doing bad work hell george uh george st pierre at the beginning as uh yeah yeah i mean it's all good stuff i think they were just a victim of of the times and could not just excise that part out and redo and redo the B story. So it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, for me, number six is I am Groot. Um, you know, it's not a very consequential show, but it is fun to watch. And sometimes you just like to have something carefree on in the background. I, uh, I've been watching bluey a lot on Disney plus recently, and it's fun sort of like charismatic show and it reminds me of i am group just a fun little romp adventure looney tunes s cartoon that i can laugh at in the background uh chad what do you got for number five 
And number five is Hawkeye. I, it was slow in moments, but, but it, it was overall, it was really good. You know, Haley Steinfeld was awesome. Florence Pugh, incredible. We got Kingpin. Yep. You know, what's not to love about it? You know, we're just getting, we're just getting down to the wire. You know, yeah. I, I dug it. It's just, you know, not quite as much as the other ones that are left. Absolutely. Rob, what about yourself? Before I move on to that one, one of the things I didn't mean to leave off talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was phenomenal. And I think overlooked at award season was Carl Lumley as, um, yeah. I mean, ho- holy shit. And talk about someone I would watch a spinoff series on, whether it's in the present day with flashbacks. I mean, I want to see a flashback where he, where he crosses paths with Wolverine, for Christ's sake. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, the weight of that was great. Anyway, uh, my next is She-Hulk. Um, I, I thought, again, well cast uh, in the lead. I thought it was tremendous. I thought the, the top three or four leads, um, I don't have IMD open in front of me. Um, Tatiana Maslany, obviously great. I thought the real, one of the real stars of the show was the the, uh, the actress playing her sidekick, her, mm-hmm. uh, who was great in every scene. Talk about a comedic genius. Um, I think she's phenomenal. Again, sort of, it was sort of all over the place. I felt like they shuffled the deck sometimes and the episodes were out of order and there was no, I didn't know that they didn't know where they were going. Um, she's great. I get, I, I don't care about the, the inconsistencies of the special effects. I'm watching it for the story. I get that that's going to happen. That's fine. It just felt, boy, it just, it felt like it was of too many minds, not one vision. Um, uh, she was always good. There were, there were, there were really good moments in each episode. Um, I enjoy, but it was just, it was lacking something again. Another character that I want to see handled better in either either under a new direct, new directors or different showrunner. That being said, I've been bringing back Daredevil. To me, was worth the wait. I mean, that was great to see. Yeah. You know, knowing full well that, I mean, he's still got it, and that's going to be something fun to look forward to. And again, like like Chad said, we're in the, you know, we're in the top five here, so it's. I, enjoy, I enjoyed them all. I said, oh, good, another She-Hulk episode's on. Let's watch. It was always, okay, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was it was comfort food in a way, but, you know, that's where I'm at. Yeah, uh, for me, number five, I'm the same with Chad, Hawkeye. Uh, I liked Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner's never been my favorite of the Avengers. I've always liked his character, fair enough, but I never want to go buy a Hawkeye t-shirts or anything like that. But I thought this show was super fun. It just maybe, to me pendulumed back between television quality and cinematic quality a little bit too much uh some of the fight sequences felt very tv which is fine but i'm more accustomed to them feeling a little bit larger than that you know um but i love you know vince d'onofrio is my favorite actor so that was great to see i love what they did with echo i love kate bishop i love seeing yelena all that was great um but again somebody's got to be at number five uh chad what about you for number four my number four is She-Hulk. Um, as I said on the podcast before, the sensational She-Hulk, that's what this was. This was, to me, the most comic accurate, as crazy as it was. And as her talking to the creators and things like that, to me, is the most comic accurate thing I've seen out of Marvel. Uh, you know, it was just well done. They took big swings, didn't always hit home runs, but number four for me, She-Hulk. What about you, Rob? I'm going to go number four, Miss Marvel. Again, the last three, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, She-Hulk, and Miss Marvel. I thought I thought we just, uh, I mean, the, the lead characters were great and all the characters were great. I just, um, lacking in 
in the bad guy area, <laughs> lacking in the villain. Uh, those felt very rushed. There was some really weird, you know, turn on a dime from I'm going to help you to I'm going to kill you type moments. Um, that being said, I, I think a, a revelation in the lead actress uh, finding Iman Vellani. Um, I, I, I literally, if anybody's ever been born to play a role, shit, I, I thought she was amazing in it. Um, the casting of her family, it was, I enjoyed, I could have watched just her family dealing with her the entire time and not venturing outside the family. It was that enjoyable. Um, um, I loved, I thought the, a couple of the directors really, I thought were really great visionaries, how to use really finding interesting ways, how to use uh, social media, communicate by using the, the whole uh, palette of the screen to, to do that where we didn't have to look at phones, just very entertaining and, and interesting. And, uh, and for the most part, I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was beautifully shot. So, I, I mean, I really did like it. Had this show had a better written, more substantial um, uh, uh, antagonist, I think it would have uh, been even higher. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, for me, number four is Loki. Uh, I love the show. I love the Doctor Who vibes it gives off. Um, but kind of what to what Chad said, like I, I, I felt a little bit of something lacking. Um it didn't necessarily bother me that it didn't feel as complete. I just, while it was new, I think the other three shows are a little bit more new and fresh to me. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they just caught my attention span a little bit more. Uh, Chad, what do you have for number three? Number three, I have Falcon and Winter Soldier. This one was the, to me, most MCUE show out of all of them. Yeah, And, you know, we love the MCU. I know they yep. play with genres and things like this, but this one felt like it was a movie in the MCU. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was a, a villain issue in that one, but it depends on who you're talking about as the villain, because I loved U.S. Agent. I thought yeah. his arc was incredible. Yep. So, you know, and that one to me also has repercussions. We're setting up the Thunderbolts in that, um, you know, Falcon is not Falcon anymore. He's Captain America. So we got a little bit with uh, Isaiah, the truth comic, some of that in the past that could come into play, things like that. So uh, it was in the Marvel world, the MCU world, and it has repercussions going forward. So I dug yeah, it. Great points. Uh, Rob, what about yourself for number three? Three, I'm at Loki. Um, I thought just a fun, uh, well-produced, well-written show. Um I love this. Um, oh, I thought Owen Wilson really mm. stole the show. And again, not like, and everybody else was great. Uh, again, you know, Tom Hiddleston, another actor who's really taken ownership of a role and protected it and just grown with it and taken it in so many different directions. Uh, talk about just, uh, you know, having nine lives. Um, and just a fun story. I really thought there was only one episode that kind of dragged for me. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed uh, the energy of it and the fun and the relationships. Uh, unlike Chad, I did like, again, I'm not, again, comic book wise, I'm not that attached to Kang. I don't know much about him, but I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Majors. And um, that was fun to see him get to play and, and just knowing what's to come down the road of him playing many different versions of that, I thought was a great way to end it. But uh, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, number three is Miss Marvel. I really 
really, I, you know, I, I agree there's a villain issue with it, but the feeling of the show, the tone of the show was so fun. Yeah. It was so fresh. And I feel like Amon Vellani is that same type of kismet casting as Christopher Reeve as Superman, as Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Brian Reynolds as Deadpool. These people naturally have this charm that is so electrifying. And she has that, you know, um, and so just following her character and getting excited, not only for the character of Kamala Khan, but also for her as the actress to see her live out her dreams is almost like this meditative thing that I really enjoyed doing. Um, so, yeah, uh, number two for you, Chad, where are you at? Number two is Miss Marvel. Uh, a lot of the same reasons, yeah. you know, you had Keith. I agree. There's a villain issue, but to me, it almost doesn't matter because this is Spider-Man. I said it before. It's a better Spider-Man than Spider-Man. It, it's yeah. the Spider-Man comic brought to life. Basically <laughs> Spider-Man had amazing villains, but it was also about a supporting cast. It was about his problems in the world that he has. Yeah. So because of that, yeah, I dug this show a lot. This, this was really good. This is top tier right here. Marvel, Miss Marvel for me. Cool. Rob, what about you? Uh, I have a, this is a toss up for one and two of these two shows. Uh, um, I'm going to have WandaVision as two, but it could have been, it could have been one. WandaVision, uh, the first of the Disney Plus series, was so much fun and so clever and, and just literally had me on the edge of my seat every week. What is happening? What is going on? What is, what is around the corner? Um, it was a fun little mystery. It was tense. Um, watching these two go toe to toe with each other and work together, in addition to uh, you know the, the world really getting full fledged Catherine Hahn and seeing how special she is. I just I can't I I was so excited that anything that that came after it was going to be hard pressed. I think to live up to that. That's yeah. that's that's how good that freaking show is that show is so good i think uh the multiverse of madness had tough time living up to it because she was such a presence in it and they didn't really i I don't think they tied it into that enough i just knocked everything off my table hey cool um i love the show yeah yeah me too uh it's number two on my list as well but it easily could have been number one i think as a start to this era of the disney plus shows what a big fucking hit that is to start off with this no shit and also, like, I love the fact it, A, I feel none of the other Disney Plus shows have managed to utilize the medium to the extent that this does. Not only giving these actors a chance to shine in these very open characters that get to experience so much, but also playing and talking about the format of television itself. And then also breaking down and becoming iconoclastic against what a superhero television show or movie has to be. Instead of it just being about fighting the big bad, this is a metaphysical, again, study of grief. And that's great because so many of the Marvel comics that I love, Earth X, uh, you know, so many Doctor Strange comics I love in general, uh, Saga of Swamp Thing, they're not just about punching. They're about these big questions about like, how do we live? What is life? I saw a write up yesterday 
that postulizes that the entirety of phase four has just been an exploration of vision's question what is grief but you know the love thing and and that totally tracks for me because every single one of these shows deals with loss and and reclaiming yourself and 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 being reborn in a new version so yeah to me wandavision i think it's just high art i i I love it immensely uh now we're getting to the big ones the winners chad what is your number one disney plus mcu show number one is wandavision for a lot of the reasons yeah already said it's incredible it's literally the reason why we started this podcast yeah is because we have to talk about this show it's incredible that what it's doing every week the subversions of sitcoms each decade how they went through it what i loved it it was so good and much like some of the other ones that i had near the top repercussions this movie led into you know dr strange but her motivation was because of the children she had and what she lost in this movie granted she lost vision earlier but this is the full picture and what she is really going for in a marvel movie is all about this it's almost like required watching for the mcu yeah it it, it's so good it's like you said they they do so many different things just from start to finish i yeah i can't praise this show enough i love it hands down the best mcu movie for me and it also it reminds me really quick of that a quote Mbaku has in Black Panther, life has taken too much from you for you to be a child. Like that, and that sort of same idea to Wanda. Wanda has lost so much in this world that we're just watching a person try to deal with it. And the consequences of not being able to deal with it are the Hex and Doctor Strange. You know what I mean? Um, Rob, what about you? What's the number one MCU Disney Plus show? And and for the... And for a different reason than WandaVision could be number one, where this show just, I just smiled the whole damn time. I, I literally, it just, I was in a good mood from beginning to end watching this, watching the show. And this is Hawkeye. And I know you guys have much uh, further down. Um, I, I know you said, you know, Hawkeye's never been your old favorite character. I, I feel like the difference in this show, as opposed to um, all his other appearances, he sort of became the reluctant hero in this show. And, I, and I've always loved the good reluctant hero storytelling. He didn't want to do this. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to have to deal with this. He didn't want to have to deal with Kate Bishop. He didn't want to have to deal with, with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. He did. He just, it was that world weary for the love of God until he changes and gets back in the game. Um, Florence Pugh um, might be the best actor in, this, in, the, in the MCU. She, you talk about charisma and just, I don't know if I've seen someone who looks like they're enjoying acting as much as she looks like she enjoys playing a part as in this, this and Black Widow. How just, what a fucking ball she's having. And it's just, it's contagious. I just, I love to watch her play. Haley Steinfeld. Um, again, I, I think the casting is dead on. Yeah. Dead, it, and again, even the even the Russians, the the Russian, uh, the the tracksuit mafia, the I've got Peter Piotr Adamchek, the guy who played Thomas, just funny and a little silly, but not too crazy silly. Linda Cardellini's phenomenal. I just, I just had a ball with this show, um, and of course, 
the Christmas music. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's a very extensive uh, way to say yeah. I like Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down because I was I was coming with a Christmas music. I knew you guys were coming with it. That's why I dropped it there. That's yeah. how you have to do. You got to your thunder, baby. You're going to make fun of my small dick next. I got to I got to <laughs> say something about that real fast. And and just so you guys uh go small dick Thank you. Yeah. Everybody knows dick. it, okay, guys. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have a really have a weird relationship with my small dick. So yeah. Do you so. do you think Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, the Christmas special, will replace it? Because I'm sure it's going to have Christmas music in it. It'll oh, certainly shit. be a one one. Oh, oh shit! Oh snap! Yeah. It's coming. I'm gonna have to restructure my top three. But that's that's a special presentation, though. So right? that way, okay. So then that'll oh, be number one go. against werewolves. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No matter what, it's going to be number. That's one right. Werewolf. Screw you, werewolf by night. You're getting Christmas music. Hawkeye was my daughter's least favorite show. So. Oh shit! See that really that, bo- that bothers me. That really bothers. me. You know me. what? Secretly, uh, not secretly. Uh, outwardly, key, outwardly, yeah, outwardly yeah. and clearly, nobody Loki, likes you. Rob. I think she's not a fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, she just said, whatever Rob says on the podcast is his number one. Make it my least favorite. Oh, gotcha. Did she say that? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I'm so naive when it comes to yeah. she. It's, it's no. so important for me to have her, 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 her to like me. <laughs> no, Loki, I think uh, my daughter cannot stand Haley Steinfeld, regardless of what she does. I love Haley Oh, let me tell you, that's just that yeah. kind of teenage I, I, I think thing. that's probably what it is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. It was her least favorite. Uh, okay. My favorite, my number one is uh, She-Hulk. A- and it's because I had such a blast watching it. Like, here's the thing. I love any franchise that can consistently reinvent itself, that can find new avenues of its own world to sort of explore. And that's exactly what She-Hulk does. The same thing that Chad said, it is comic accurate to it. Sometimes it's fault, its own detriment. But as a comic book fan, I love the balance it was able to forge with its comedic styles and and deep intrinsic uh, moments that seem to come out of nowhere. That if you're not in for the ride, you'll miss. Um, I, I love, you know, I love for Love and Thunder because I like how the issue of cancer sort of hits you in the face in the middle of all this zany yeah. comedy. And She-Hulk sort of does the same thing a lot, where it is this woman analyzing her own struggles, and it doesn't have to fit the formula of a regular comic book film. And to me, that's just a blast. I had a wonderful time watching it. Um, Literally, two of my favorite line readings, two of my favorite deliveries of lines are in that movie. When when she's talking about it, I smash, you know, I smash this, I smash, sometimes I smash... You know, Matt Mur- it's such an unbelievable delivery. And when she's talking to Kevin and she goes, what do we get? What do we get next, man? And she kind of looked at the camera with the thumbs up and the, and the tongue, like, oh, I got your back. I was like, that just, I, it, again, I just, I, I can watch that just, oh my God, she is oozing yeah. that charm. It was perfect yeah. in her yeah, delivery absolutely. and some of those things. Oh, absolutely. Love her and I love seeing her play in that world. I love the, Kevin Feige oh. joke. I love Daredevil. Wong, Wongers, all of that. Uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, her. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. You, that girl, you're going to see her a lot. And she's going to get a lot of offers to play those types of parts. But yeah. they got you got to bring her back. Just in the, She can show up in the MCU anywhere, and I think people would pop a little bit. Just like, the big Secret that's Wars in-game moment. All of a sudden, Madison comes in Madison. with a drink <laughs> to fight. Uh, 
Hey. <laughs> Rob, please never do that again. Um, so Hi. Hey, you guys remember my belt? Hey. Oh God, gross. <laughs> gross. That's what we call a callback. Yeah. <laughs> That's also what we call terrifying. But speaking of scary uh, things, Rob has to hang out for a little bit longer because we're going to do something Chad and I do every year. We do a 31 for 31, meaning we watch 31 movies for the month of Halloween. Granted, I, do it. I'm going I'm to go pee real fast and come back. You guys do that. I'll okay. be right back. Yeah. Um, I'm glad the world, the world now knows about Rob's bladder cycle. Uh <laughs> So we realize it is now November 20th-ish, and uh, we're now doing this thing that we did in October, but uh, fuck Rob. Anyway, so um, here's how we're going to do this. Chad's going to list off his movies, uh, just straight lightning style. Give me a sentence about what it's about and a sentence about what you thought about it. Um, we can discuss if some uh, reach our minds. Um but yeah, we're just going to try to go through this kind of quickly. And Chad's going first because he watched like 44 because uh, he's an overachiever. Yeah, but that's only because you watch a series. I don't I watch series during during yeah. this. So we probably watched the same amount of hours. Uh, first was uh, The Monsters. We've already talked about that monstrosity yep. on the show. Uh, and all of these are movies I've never seen before. So it's not yeah. like I'm not I don't have a rewatch in I mean I did rewatch some but it's not in my list. So yeah. I've never seen some of what I'm listing off. Uh from 1982 House on Sorority Row slasher flick. Yeah. Uh it was fine. You know, whatever. For what it was. Uh the 2014 remake requel reboot of The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh. I like the idea of that. Have you seen that before Keith? I've seen the original. I haven't seen the new one. What's cool about this one is the premise is that it's set in the world where the murders really happened, which of course the murders really did happen, but it's set in the, in the world where the original movie that you saw came out and the town has seen that movie and they have festivals every year showing that movie. And now there's a copycat killer of the original copycat of the movie. Oh shit. So okay. It's clever. Yeah. You know, it doesn't deliver totally, yeah. but it's clever in, in that idea. Hocus Pocus 2. We talked about that, uh, you know, on the podcast insidious chapter three i uh, have not seen that one before i'd like the first two insidious is this one not so much but this one didn't have the original cast uh gotcha. rose Byrne and all them back uh the next one this is probably the, my favorite one that i watched the entire uh halloween thing was villains 2019's villains with uh bill skarsgård and micah monroe and it's awesome rob can attest to this back uh with I, I do not like Jeffrey Donovan as an actor. I've, yeah. I've never really liked him. And uh, it might be because of Blair Witch 2. I was going to say, I love Book of Shadows. Yeah, I, I take I it you're about, not going to watch R.I.P.D. 2. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of his. And Rob's like, hey, you need to watch Burn Notice. Burn Notice. I was like, I'm not watching that show. I, I love that show. It. Yeah, I can't stand Jeffrey Donovan. He's incredible in this movie. He has awesome. won me over in this movie. He is awesome. Awesome. He is, he's chewing scenery. But he's awesome. So now Great. I'm on board with Jeffrey Donovan. I may re I may go back and watch uh, Burn Notice, Rob. Do it. So what, what show is that again? What movie was that with Jeffrey Donovan? You just said I missed Villains. Okay. From 2019. It also has okay. Bill Skarsgård and Micah Monroe in it, but it's excellent. Oh, is that the one where is that the one where they break into the house? Yep. Yep. I saw that when it came out. Keith, you know what? That's not unlike. What? Um, it's not unlike. You got to watch it. It's not unlike. What the fuck we made? Um, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. 
It's it's oh, got shit. a similar storyline to Crazy Crazy. Yeah, I de- definitely got Crazy Crazy vibes. For sure. I was watching that going, somebody with money made Crazy to Crazy. You sons of bitches. <laughs> I remember thinking that going, God damn it. Yeah, Jeffrey Donovan did a much better version of you, Rob. It was incredible <laughs> how much better he was. Well, he is too. Jeffrey Donovan. Yeah. I mean, Blair Witch Project Two, Book of Show- Shadows. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's if I'm gonna be imitated and bettered i'm it's going to be by the cream of the crop yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah uh next was hotel transylvania uh the, the yeah. cartoon with adam sandler you know fine uh next one was pretty good 2007 time crimes it's a foreign film uh i could i don't remember if it's sweden but time travel horror awesome well worth checking out yeah time crimes uh 2020's the wolf of snow hollow it was pretty cool, a twist on a werewolf movie. But again, as I've said before, you don't like werewolves. Not really movies. any great werewolf movies. Well, this one was it was pretty good. Uh, Deadstream talked about it on the podcast. Uh, 2005's Doom with The Rock. Yeah, uh, Carl Urban. Yeah, yeah, Carl Urban. There's a lot of people in that movie, yeah. actually. Yeah, uh, it was fine. You know, as far as that goes. Um, I always try to watch a Disney original. Uh, this one was Halloween Town High. The third. The third of the films, yeah. Yes, fine. Whatever. (laughs) Hellraiser, we talked about it on the podcast. I never saw the 1963 classic The Haunting, so I watched that. It's one of my favorite movies, Robert Wise. Uh, What's crazy about that is, the not the lead, but the other lady in that. I'm watching this movie, and I'm thinking, like, this lady's a lesbian in a 1963 movie. Like, is that really what they were doing? And I... And I Googled it halfway through the movie because I was like, am I just reading this wrong? It's like, no, she's like a gay icon. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Especially by the guy who made West Side Story and like all of these classic films. Uh, The Haunting, based on The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next, speaking of uh, Jeremy Renner, uh, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. I saw it. I saw it. It was ridiculous and fun. Ridiculous and fun. Yeah. Yep. Werewolf by Night. We talked about it on the podcast. Uh, I always try to watch a Stephen King. This one was Cat's Eye because then I can watch uh, Stephen King and an anthology at the same time. Yeah, some were better, you know, than, than others. others. They, but yeah, it was fine. Uh, the 2021 remake of Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, what I like about this one, it twists the original on its head. It's a Slumber Party Massacre, but it's directed by a woman, and I think maybe written by a woman as well. But it is the opposite of male gaze. Mm-hmm. There are guys in this. It's about girls, but anything that it shows gratuitous are guys in the cabin next door. The guys in the cabin next door have a pillow fight with their shirts off. Halfway through the movie, even though people are dead, one of the guys goes, that's cool. I'm going to go take a shower. And we see him like, literally, he takes a shower for like three minutes and then gets killed in the shower. You know, so (laughs) that's awesome. Overall did not work, but I love what they were trying to do. Yeah, Yeah. it, it it was a great, you know, genre bending. Uh, next was a uh, repo, the genetic opera. opera. Yeah, not a fan of this. Me, but yeah, it's just it's just too much. Like, but it's, it's got, got a uh, Rob's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah, icon. Giles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and awesome. he, I mean, he's great. I like a singing voice, whatever. I, I don't mind that it's a musical, but this was just too too outlandish uh, for me. Uh, Two thousand twenty slacks about a pair of killer pants on Shutter nice it's amazing slacks nice so check it out keith 1960s village of the damned i like the fact that the last one is not even like a 
it's not even like a twist on like something dangerous. It's slacks. It's just like the oldest yeah. way you can describe pants. Slacks. Yeah. And it's spelled with uh X two two X's. No. Two. Nice. Nice. That one. Uh the next one was Halloween ends. We talked about it on the podcast. Yep. We puked. Next one, Keith. I texted you about this one. Assassination Nation. Yeah, you did. Check it out. Okay. You, I will. You gotta check that one out. Uh, although villains is my favorite, this one was very well done. It says something about you know social media today and privacy and badass lead girls. Excellent. Awesome. Uh 2020's Tremors, Shraker Island. Yeah. I love the Tremors movies. I love Tremors. They're all so good. Like, so the, good. the first one is like legitimately an excellent movie. Yep. And the rest are just fun. But yeah. The rest are fun. This the last one I one. saw was not very good. The guy from uh, um Michael Gross from Family Ties, I'm sure is what you're talking no, about. No, no, I love Michael Gross from Family oh. Ties. Good lord, who are you talking about? I grew up in Family Ties. Well, he's in all of them. That's why I thought you were No, the guy who took over the lead. Um uh they were like on an island and uh I think that's they, the one he was talking about. You mean you mean yeah. <laughs> that Striker Island? Oh, is that what it's called? Okay, got you guys. I couldn't yeah, he took that. over John Heater and about yeah, the dynamite. Terrible. I couldn't even get through yeah. it. It was terrible. That is uh it's the last, I think it's the late, the most recent oh, one in the series. Awful. I think there's, uh, is it after the ice storm one? Yeah, I think I saw the one where they're like in Antarctica or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Next one, it's got two titles, Dead Man's Curve or The Curve from 1998. Matthew Lillard's in it. Yeah. Off the screen. Uh, thing. It's kind of like Dead Men on Campus, but yeah. a little more darker. Seriously. Keith, you love, you love Matthew Lillard. I do love Matthew Lillard. You yeah. have talked about Matthew Lillard. It he's was, great. Just, yeah. He's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in your life. I worked with him on Good Girls. Fantastic person. You know, I you can you think that about some actors and their dicks, or you think some actors are dicks and they're not. But I feel that with Matthew Lillard. I feel like he seems like he's a genuine nice guy. My, my favorite thing about just really quick, uh I Twin Peaks is my favorite television show of no. all time. And, yeah. And so Matthew Lillard is in the reboot of Twin Peaks. And I was wearing, I went to the lunch uh, script reading for my first you know, day of work. And I was wearing a Twin Peaks shirt that said, the owls are not what they seem. And uh, Matthew is like looking at me from across the cafeteria. And he's like reading my shirt. And he's like, why? And he walks up to me. And he's like, why does that sound familiar? I'm like, because you said it in a TV show. And he's like, <laughs> oh, okay. And just, we had a lovely conversation afterwards, but go ahead. You know, you choosing that shirt really paid off. Yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable. And it was you're a like, random I'm, choice shirt. <laughs> I don't think it was random. You know, some like like in high school, you're like, you know, I'm gonna wear this shirt. This girl's gonna walk up to me like you look so high. <laughs> that was Keith. He's like, I know I'm gonna do this read through with Matthew Lillard. This is the perfect shirt. I did gonna come up to me and ask there's no <laughs> way that was not planned. Yeah, I did not a chance in hell. No, but this was my first day, so I had no idea who was even in the show. I just oh happened no, to wear yeah, it. Yeah, you never do your research. Yeah. You're the most oh yeah. I'm going to do a read through with Christopher Lloyd. I'm wearing a, a shirt of like the DeLorean. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, we're oh weird. Oh, it's, even so it's, it's crazy. <laughs> well, anyway, you want to talk about the movie? We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> you want to be best friends? We'll have lunch. Let's go. That's so funny. Paid off totally. Nice work. Uh, next one was 2020's Resolution. Very low budget. Have you heard of this movie, Keith? I feel mm. like it'd be up your alley. Super low budget, but people rave about it. I mean, it's a part of some other cinematic universe. Oh, Resolution. I think, yeah. I, I watched, I think, the first one of the this series. Or the Endless. Yeah. Endless. Yep. Yeah. That's what okay. the other one is for sure. 
Oh, yeah, somebody told me to watch Resolution, but I haven't yet. But I the endless is in mine. But go ahead. Because yeah, I was thinking I gotta watch the endless now. Uh, next was uh, the latest installment of the Bring It On Cheerleader series. This was on Sci-Fi. Bring It On, Cheer or Die. They merged the Bring It On series with a slasher flick. Nice. And it's horrible, but that's what it is. It's <laughs> that's Bring amazing. It On with slashers. Uh, next, uh, directed by Ty West, 2009's The House of the Devil. Love that movie so much. Very creepy, atmospheric. Yeah. Very good. The lead's awesome. Yeah. Um, and Greta Gerwig's in it as well. So that's. She is not long enough, though, no. for my liking. Um, Adam's Family 2 from uh, 2021, the animated, the animated one. one yeah. Which we you talked about it at some point. You didn't yeah. like it that much. I mean, it's fine. Uh, VHS 99. Uh, 1943's Alfred Hitchcock Shadow of a Doubt. Yes. Oh. Always got to have a Hitchcock in there, you know, hopefully one I haven't seen. This was like, this was super cool too. Um, very creepy. Yeah, yeah, I dug that one. Uh, 2018 Slice is A24 film. Did not like it too much. No, you didn't like an A24 movie? Nope. Is that, that the first one? Yeah. It stars Chance the Rapper. Uh, he was fine oh. in it, but I just didn't, I didn't really like the, I didn't I've like it. it. Oh, Zazie Beats was in that. Zazie Beats, she's in it as well, but yeah, wasn't a fan. Uh, Curse of Bridge Hollow, we talked about. Uh, 2013's Willow Creek, directed by Bobcat. Ah, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, my God. It's kind of like, you know, they're trying to do the Blair Witch. It's not anywhere near as good as the Blair Witch, obviously, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. My Best Friend's Exorcism. 1977 Japanese film. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. House. House. Yeah. yeah. I just got that on Criterion Collection. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. so you wasted your money. Okay. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Uh, 2020 Psycho Goreman on um, Shudder. This uh-huh. is what if, um, what am I thinking of? Just old school Power Rangers TV show meets gore and killing yeah so absolutely that yeah that's what that was 1989's prom night three the last kiss yeah no. prom night two is actually not bad is that it, prom night know, two hello mary lou or whatever it is hello mary lou is not bad this one is not good uh the idris elba film beast not bad okay. yeah i dug it it's kind of like jaws yep uh 2010's black death with sean bean Ooh. This this looked like Game of Thrones and it had so many ex Game of Thrones in or I say X but so many Game of Thrones actors in it. I thought I was watching Game of Thrones. That's so funny. It worked. Uh, 2009's The Descent Part Two. Yeah, I I love The Descent. The Descent is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It Me is. Too. It genuinely awesome. is terrifying. Awesome. It's awesome. And I've, everybody said this is shitty, and I didn't you know think it'd leave up, and it doesn't live up. Whatever. But it's still it's not, not a bad. bad. Movie. No, I, no, I like the twist at the end of two is interesting that they're feeding them and all that shit. That's a cool little, uh, yeah. I'll just say one of the things that I really liked about it though, and you don't really see it in horror movies with a sequel like this, since they go back to the scene of the crime, and you know police haven't cleaned anything up because it's in a cave, the dead bodies are still there. Yeah, you know, and they take part in like what happens in part two. So I kind of like that as an idea yeah it was fine it's just you know the descent is classic unbelievable top horror so 
and yeah. there's no way this could live up to it but it is it's okay i liked it i thought it was yeah, different different director okay so not the same yeah. director no. okay gotcha gotcha uh next this was a, a fan film uh friday 13th fan film jason rising okay uh, it had the original final girl in it not through the whole thing she shows up kind of at the end yeah it kind of like a cameo role not quite but it has jason's mom in it jason you know it's good you know that's cool you could do a lot worse for a fan film uh 2012's vamps with alicia silverstone and mm. Kristen ritter mm-hmm. you know it's like uh, sex in the city but with vampires but it did pull it off um 1997 cube cube is awesome classic classic yeah i knew it was a people said it's a classic i was like i gotta watch that that was yeah, on my list so good it's very well done i know there's sequels uh, have you seen the sequels or any of them any good keith i've or? seen a couple of the sequels they they suffer from hellraiser syndrome where some of them are are have some shining moments but nothing will ever live up to that first one and uh my last one uh i ended with scooby-doo and batman brave and the bold fuck yeah it's a great one a ton of i mean like scooby-doo's interacting with all the batman villains absolutely you know, I mean, it's a joke but that's what brave and the bold was i love yeah. i love the brave and the bold cartoon and i love the the original scooby-doo crossover with batman is one of my favorite things oh, of yeah. all time the the cookies looked so good the bat cookies that batman feeds them um well that's a good list that's a monumental list let me dive into mine i don't have as many as you do um but it's not a, a size competition i guess um so uh my first one is the monsters which we talked about and it was shitty my second one is the gate uh starring steven dorf i'd always heard this was a classic and it was meh it's not my favorite uh my third is a new movie uh the invitation which is a sort of like a dracula sort of uh, story it was fine uh my fourth one is the poughkeepsie tapes um which came out in 2008 i really really like this one uh, this is one of those where I'm shocked that they don't have a sequel to it. It's sort of a found footage mockumentary about trying to track down a serial killer movie. Really fun. Hocus Pocus 2. We talked about that on the podcast. Freeway with Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, yep. fuck, fuck that movie. That movie's wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, I watched Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan in Fresh uh, on Hulu absolutely loved this movie uh it was phenomenal uh next i watched the collingswood story which is a movie told entirely over webcams and it's fucking horrible uh then i watched uh werewolf by night which i loved talked about that on the podcast then i watched don't worry darling we talked about that on the podcast as well um my next one was hold on i'm trying to find the rest of them give me a second i should have bought myself more time hellraiser on hulu uh the the newest one we talked about that on the podcast the next i watched the endless which again it's a part of that cinematic universe you were talking about super low budget but high concept science fiction um it's about these two brothers who used to be in a cult got out of the cult. They're going back to visit the cult one more time. I, I loved it. I thought it was so creative and clever, um, especially for being an independent film. Uh, I likewise try to watch a couple of Disney originals. Um, I watched Under Wraps 2, uh, which I think came out this year. Um, it's okay. It's eh. um, Then I watched uh, the... Stendhal Syndrome by Dario Argento um, starring his daughter uh, who is arguably the most gorgeous woman in the world um, but the movie's just really fucked up and it hurt my brain uh, then I watched One Must Fall 
which is a relatively indie film starring Barry Piacente, uh, who's a local actor here. Uh, Barry's great in it. The movie's terrible. Uh, What's it called? One Must Fall. Uh, then I watched Halloween Ends, which we talked about how terrible that is. I watched Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which we talked about that. I watched Smile. We talked about that. I watched Mr. Harrigan's Phone. We talked about that. I talked. I watched Dario Argento's Dark uh, Glasses, which we talked about that as well. Um, and let me get to my next little section. I watched The Love Witch, uh, which I fucking loved. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy, but talk about a movie that captures an aesthetic. Like, everything about this movie looks like it's shot in the 70s. Uh, and you know they're using modern cameras, but they just nail it. They nail that 70s British erotic horror vibe so well. And the movie itself isn't scary. The girl is fine as fuck. But, yeah, like... She's, she's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's just a really well-made film. VHS 99, we just talked about Elvira's Haunted Hills. I watched that for the first time, and it's super campy. Um, just Elvira going on an adventure. It's got Richard O'Brien, the creator of Rocky Horror Picture Show, plays a character in it. Um, it's just weird and fun. I watched Inner Sanctum Mystery, which the Inner Sanctum stories were a comic book in the 1920s, I want to say, and then a radio show, and then Universal made like eight movies based on them. Universal lost the rights, and then this one came out from another studio. And it's okay. It's got a really great twist, a wraparound twist of this film, um, but it's an all right film, uh, old school 1950s release. Uh, then I watched Ty West's X. I'd never seen that before. Um, and I really, it's good. It's good. I like House of the Devil more. Um, I'm interested to see everyone in this movie is way too attractive. Uh, everyone is way too attractive <laughs> and and it's about porn. So I felt uncomfortable the entire time. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought there would be a reason for Mia Goth to be playing both characters, but there's not. So but I'm interested to see Pearl and Maxine and see, you know, what those lead to. Um, I watched, Another Disney film called Mr. Boogity that was dumb. I watched The Watcher, which is another Netflix uh, series. The first couple episodes are phenomenal. The last episode is oh, like listening to Rob talk about Andor. Just fucking painful. <laughs> uh, I watched a Netflix horror film called The Old Ways, which is a exorcism movie, but set in Mexico. And it's instead of Christian versions of, of demon, demonology and stuff it's old mass uh aztec uh versions of that and it was a really great watch i highly recommend the old ways um i watched tokyo gore police which is a japanese splatter film that's just fucked up uh it's just really fucked up i watched this canadian movie called jikarag which is about a viking settlement in i think saskatchewan and um that's haunted by like these spirit demons and it's like two and a half hours and it's fucking awful. It feels like a middle school was trying to do a play of the witch. Um, and it's just not good. Uh, then I watched a uh, Manhattan baby, which is a Italian uh, horror film. It's a part of those Babel films where everybody's speaking a different language and they all get dubbed. And yes. It's fucking just dumb. I mean, it's got some cool images, but it's I don't know what's happening. It's by the same guy that did Zombie and Zombie 3, uh, those famous Italian horror movies. Uh, then I watched uh, Resurrection with Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth on Shudder. 
and great movie. What a mind fuck. I don't know. I can't recommend this movie enough if you want to see phenomenal acting. But Tim Roth is the most disturbing I've ever seen him. Rebecca Hall is just a fearless actress. And she produced this. I think she had a hand in writing it. And she's phenomenal in it. But Tim Roth is so unsettling. And the movie in itself is so disturbing. It's just hard to get through at times. Guillermo de Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. I talked about that. Wendell and Wild. I talked about that. And the last one I watched was uh, Justin Long in House of Darkness by uh, Neil LeBute, which is Neil LeBute's version of the Dracula Bride story. Um, and it's a nice little self-contained piece. It's primarily one location, a lot of conversation, but it's nice. It's a cool little character piece. And Justin Long, uh, as always, plays a dickbag. So that's fun. Um so, you know, good stuff. So that's our 31 for 31. Uh, Chad listed 75 of them, but that's totally fine. And That's a uh, lot of movies. That's a lot. We had to make up for Rob watching zero for 31. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did I watch? Did I watched any horror movies this year? Barbarian. I did, watch, Barbarian. I did watch Barbarian last week. It was awesome. Yeah, Again, Justin. Talk about Justin. He literally, he, has, he is a genre unto himself. Just the fucked up, frazzled. I didn't realize I was a fucking idiot. He was so good in that movie. What a yeah. bizarre flick. I, I enjoyed the shit out of that. I love the weird turns that movie makes. Like Unbelievable. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, but to bring the conversation to something that's not as fun, uh, the world lost an icon, especially if you're into nerdy shit. Uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman for... A generation and probably generations to come. A Juilliard grad. Um, the man played Batman in animation and also live action, thanks to the Arrowverse. Um, a stage performer, uh, an openly gay actor at a time when that was not okay by society standards. I went to Juilliard, and when you're going into one of our halls, the Allen Tubby Hall, you walk through this hallway and there's pictures of all of these famous actors that went there and Kevin Conroy's picture was there and a signature and inside of it was a batarang and I would see that every day going to class he was roommates with Robin Williams and Christopher Reeve the three of those lived together the fucking genie Superman and Batman all of which we've now lost I when I read comics Kevin Conroy's voice is the voice I hear. Batman the Animated Series is my second favorite show, my favorite animated show of all time. To say he has impacted generations of comic book fans and fans of any medium is an understatement. Uh, yeah. Chad, you, uh, Rob, anything you want to say about well, There's nothing really I can add that you haven't. Yeah, that was Other pretty- than to agree, when I read Batman, he's the voice I hear 100%. Yeah, and, and I would say you know my my knowledge of him, my experience of him, I, I kind of are vicariously through you guys, you know, because I he wasn't he never was because of the, the time I hit was never my Batman, but clearly every other person I've spoken to, he has affected them. I, I mean, he's become a part of the zeitgeist for them, and and will always be Batman to them. So yeah, and. Yeah. And thanks to the Arrowverse, I got to see him work a little bit and, you know, in retrospect, got to hear him. So I know how important he is to the, just to the medium, to the genre. So, yeah, it sucks. And wait, yeah. 66 years. Yeah. Holy crap. 
you know, it makes you stare at your mortality. You know, Keith, old people like you and I, you know, we got to really look at that. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So our, our thoughts are with his family and his loved ones and everybody feeling the loss of the dark Knight himself. So, um, but that being said, we've been here for nine and a half hours. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, Chad, where can the people find you? Well, by the time this podcast drops, it may not be there anymore, but Twitter, you know, yep. we'll see. Uh, yep. <laughs> my Twitter handles uh, Chad129X and the podcast is NQC Podcast. Awesome. And Rob, where can the people find you? At Twitter, uh, on Twitter at Rob Pralgo, um, or I'll be at the Space in Marietta. You know where that is. Come on down and see me. Come yeah. on down. Class, classes are only seven, eight, nine hours long. Come on down. And when we teach him, Keith always pops in. And it's mm. fun because whatever I work on for a couple hours, he comes in and totally shits on. And everybody goes, what? And I go, yeah, you never know. There's no right or wrong way to do this. And then we just we just yep. make fun of ourselves. It's and then I just say Andor sucks and I knock stuff over. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, guys. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Not Quite Cool is a podcast recorded in Atlanta, Georgia, in conjunction with Actors Teaching Actors and Bean Dip Productions. Thanks.